Welcome to Mary Liar Talks, a podcast that discusses mental health and spiritual well-being. Before we jump in, there may be episodes that are particularly sensitive for some listeners. And if that applies, then I hope you'll be able to join me whenever you feel ready and able. Our topic today is anxiety, something I'm sure we've all experienced. And I'm with Susie Williams, a person-centered psychotherapist who's passionate about self-discovery, self-development and personal growth. We're going to unravel the topic of anxiety in two parts. So let's start by joining in the conversation. I was wondering about is how you would actually even distinguish anxiety from fear or anxiety Mm -hmm. from like panic or even possibly depression you know because they're all part of that family Mm. there must be a difference and is there a clear-cut difference I guess is my is my question absolutely I think that's a really good question actually because you know there are overlapping symptoms when it Mm. comes to anxiety and depression um anxiety within itself has its own category of um like there's different disorders of anxiety but the 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 symptoms the psychological symptoms can be quite you know similar so so with anxiety anxiety sort of characterizes itself through worry okay yeah yeah Yeah. worry apprehension Mm -hmm. And 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 in a way, it's a fear. Worry is a form of of fear. Yes. Yeah. yeah? yeah. So it characterizes yeah. itself through worry, through apprehension, particularly about the unknown, particularly mm-hmm. about you know the future. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so a person might find themselves anticipating things that have not happened yet. Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. depression. You know, depression is marked by hopelessness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And despair, mm-hmm. feeling flat you know mm. uh sort of a loss of interest in things no mm. optimism to life mm. so there are sort of core features of anxiety and depression although the psychological symptoms overlap so when, when i'm talking about the psychological symptoms that pertains to how these conditions manifest themselves physically emotionally mm. behaviorally and psychologically so what are the typical symptoms or psychological symptoms of anxiety or even maybe physical symptoms yeah the typical psychological symptoms of anxiety will come in the form of overthinking yeah okay yeah restlessness you know of agitation for some reason it's not known Mm. but you just feel agitated Mm. you know you feel a sense of dread and even rumination which Mm. is repeating thoughts repeating stories you know over and over and over again in your mind so you know these are some typical features or symptoms Mm. should I say of anxiety and then the physical symptoms because there's different aspects of of us as beings Mm. yeah and so Mm -hmm. the physical symptoms of anxiety might show up through the form of you know shaking sweaty palms Mm. um even aches and pains dizziness you know shortness of breath you know feeling palpitations yeah you know even like um the dry throat the dry throat yes the the chappy mouth dry throat it's very common very common 
when you're anxious. And I'm sure that as you were talking and, you know, explaining those different symptoms, Mm. some people be like, okay, yeah, I've experienced that. Oh, I know what you mean by that. Like, um, I've, like, I would describe myself as an overthinker, you know, you know, it's almost like trying to just make sure that everything's covered, everything's sorted and, and therefore it caused me to overthink um, um, to make sure that there aren't any problems or challenges. And yeah, it's clear that it's linked to, or that's a form of how anxiety can express itself. Yeah, Yeah. you're absolutely right. And what you've sort of described, you know, makes me think of some of the the behavioural symptoms, you know, Mm. like where you said sort of overchecking things, you know, what can begin to develop in a behavioural sense at times could be, you know, obsessions and com- compulsive mm. actions. So mm. going over things, you know, you've checked this, but you do it again. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm locking the door. I'm checking how, if I've locked the door several times mm. in an hour or a couple hours, mm. I'm checking the oven, you know. So again, mm. these are all displays of, of behavioural symptoms of anxiety. So you're absolutely right. So then it leads me to then ask that anxiety can become more serious, you know. So, for example, when it becomes obsessive, Mm. that's what we kind of think as, "Mm, you know what, that's not common because people tend to say that, oh, anxiety is one of those common Mm. mental health disorders Um, but when it comes to obsession I guess it's not common but it's known that people can be obsessive about things yeah um so as a professional Mm. how what would you say is the time when you know what actually someone needs to go and get this checked out and seek professional or specialist help um, or intervention because like we've said anxiety is so common you know it's, it stems from that worry and mm. you know let's face it there's many things in life that can cause people to worry about or yeah. you know be concerned so that's why it's so common so mm. when is it at that place where oh it's past or it's fleeting or it's something that's actually more serious it's a pattern it's Mm. you know it comes up regularly Mm. you know it really does um steal that person's Mm. um it steals from that person's well-being yeah it has that effect that impact on their life and I think that's good to to talk about, you know, the awareness of how do I know when, you know, I've sort of overcome my anxiety, but I've part, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I'm able to control and manage it mm-hmm. um, versus when it sort of it becomes problematic and when to reach out. I think that's what you're mm-hmm. saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is what I'm saying. I mean, from my experience, it's recommended that you know, you would reach out when the obsessions, you know, all the, the symptoms, psychological, be it psychological, behavioural, emotional, yeah, cog- cognitively as well, when these, mm-hmm. when it becomes debilitating. Right. Yeah. So okay. when your your day-to-day life is impacted negatively, you know, right. for example, you might find that 
you know, it's it's becoming hard to control the physical symptoms. All the physical symptoms are increasing. So mm. you might find yourself in situations, you know, let's create a scenario here, you know, at work and someone has to give a presentation or a speech and they are overcome by physical symptoms and they and they flee the situation. Yeah. And when I say that I'm referring to the sort of nap, the, the sort of typical responses to anxiety, which is fight, flight, or freeze, those responses. So if a person chooses to consistently flee the situation, you know, these are signs to reach out for help. These are signs that, okay, what's going on with me psychologically? What's causing me to be anxious? And when you say flee the situation, as in duck out of it? Um... Yeah. So flee the situation, meaning, as you said, duck out of it mm. or avoid. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. avoidance actually is, it's a behavioral symptom mm. of, of mm. anxiety. You know, you begin to avoid being around certain people or you begin to avoid situations or particular environment Mm. yeah so fleeing is how a person may respond but actually what's happened is that the person has detected some sort of threat or danger in that situation and so naturally within us we all have um hormones that are triggered that then releases you know chemicals that prepares us to fight through the situation yeah Mm. or to Mm. to flee the situation to protect ourselves and then there's Mm. freeze which is cautious watchfulness okay so like even that scenario that you gave about someone doing a presentation Mm. public speaking that's quite a common situation that people associate with um anxiety and and worries like even today like a friend was was telling me she was sharing how she had a presentation to Mm -hmm. like some you know like big directors in her workplace and it went well that was her feedback she said that the night before she wasn't able to sleep she didn't sleep well because of that you know that imminent presentation that talk so yeah anxiety is a common experience that many people experience but people wouldn't know, you know, unless they yeah. share. So with that scenario in mm. mind, what could someone do to help themselves? What are the different type? what are the options available for that, either that self-help or that external mm. help? Yeah, when it comes to that kind of situation. Mm. Um, just going back to your friend, it sounds like the not being able to sleep. Mm. was a physical response manifestation yeah Yeah. just you know with that psychotherapeutic hat on um I I was wondering "Mm, you know what was that and and perhaps what she was experiencing was just a natural you know natural emotions when we're getting prepared for something Mm. it's just it manifests you know um through physical symptoms and physical symptoms is more about the chemical processes that go on in the body sure, and sure. then manifest through that way so it sounds like you know it, that could have been it because as you said the next day yeah i mean my, my assumption is the next day not that she wasn't nervous but the presentation the actual delivery went well but right. leading up to it and how she felt yeah yeah so because you know what it's so easy to say don't worry mm-hmm. calm, you know but then mm-hmm. how do those words actually then translate and mm. be turned into something that actually makes a difference or what what are the kind of strategies someone could apply to not be in that state where they yeah. are actually anxious you know about it yeah 
I think what comes to mind, you know, if I was treating a client or perhaps suggesting, recommending a client in this sort of circumstance, you know, there are different treatments available Mm. to, you know, to to treat anxiety, um, Mm. to alleviate it. And um, first point of call would be to work on the, the physical symptoms to to really assess the physical symptoms because a lot of people tend to get fixed on that my anxiety is the shaking my anxiety Mm. is the sweating my anxiety Mm. is the avoidance and those symptoms is what sort of debilitates the person Mm. yeah Mm. so working through um, managing those physical symptoms would be advisable so we might use techniques such as PMR, progressive muscle relaxation techniques. Yeah. And that is where you, you know, it's a combination of relaxation techniques to relax Mm. the body. Because what happens when we get anxious is there's tension arises in the body itself. Mm. Okay. So relaxation techniques like taking deep breaths in and finding a place to do this. So you, you know, you find a a still Mm. place, a still quiet place, you know, Mm. maybe you feel comfortable standing, sitting, you know, and you want to sort of get your breath. You are work to, to get in control of your breathing, Mm. you know, and what, what then happens is there is a relaxing that takes place in the body. Mm. Yeah. So relaxation techniques, I would suggest as part of the treatment in that scenario. And while you were talking, I was just thinking about other types of Mm. um, symptoms. And if that would still apply, there are people, and I've been one of them, if I put my hands up, that would just go to the bathroom, keep going to the bathroom, Mm. you know, and, and because of that, and that level of anxiety. So yeah, I guess those relaxation techniques, can also help it's transferable absolutely yeah and just to remember that you know the the relaxation techniques are just part of the treatment yeah so it sort of deals with the physical side because actually the concept or the notion behind anxiety is that there is an underlying matter yeah so so the symptoms that manifest are signaling to to us that there's something going on internally Mm. psychologically Mm. you know in my mind Mm. Are theories and research that show anxiety actually stems from the way we're thinking, mm-hmm. which is attached to schema, which is sort of like a cognitive structure within us where our beliefs and our perceptions are sort of formed and established. Mm. So it's basically it's a multi-layered approach. So you deal with the physical manifestations, but you also deal with the the root causes, which Absolutely. is linked to this schema. Yeah. Oh, I've learned something new today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, right. And I guess there's different types or different forms of, let's call it, um, treatment to help deal with those underlining root kind of issues in terms mm. of belief and their their ways of thinking yes there are i mean for me in particular i Mm. tend to draw on effective features from the psychodynamic approach to psychotherapy sounds sounds fancy i know what does that mean (laughs) you know in simpler terms psychodynamic is you know looking at the unconscious mind okay yeah so it's sort of like investigating the underlying motives which are found in the unconscious mind okay 
Yeah. And so, yeah. And would someone need to do that with someone or like a psycho, like a professional like yourself, psychotherapist, or could that actually, that exploration, that investigation be done um, by the individual themselves? Mm, You would definitely need to work with a professional, you know, that, that could be a psychotherapist, a psychologist, a psychiatric doctor you know, mm. um, who have the expertise to access, you know, and support mm. the individual in that in that sort of circumstance or in, within, within that sort of treatment, because the part of this process is quite an extensive process and it's delving into the background of, of the of the of the client or the individual. So that might mean revisiting earlier life, earlier childhood to uncover where these beliefs and perceptions have stemmed from. Mm. We're going deep now, you know, looking for the roots and the origins of why I might think the way I do or why I might perceive this situation as threatening. So that's it for now. We're going to pick up our conversation with Susie and part two of Unraveling Anxiety in the next episode. In the meantime, here's a spiritual wellness tip that you can meditate on. It's Luke chapter 12, verses 24 to 26, which reads, Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Thank you for listening. Do follow and join me again next time on Mary Lyre Talks Beyond the Smile.